it's Friday night and it means it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. We've got all our usual guests on the show. On what is a traditionally huge weekend because it's ARC weekend. Rod Bellman will be here, Jamie Snowden, Colin Brown, Dave Wilson, you name them, they'll be here. And Simon Holt will be here to give us his lowdown on Freedom of the Trio. Welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. I'm Eddie Hopper. I'm here to host you through the show. And we're going to start off, as we always do, because we're very much animals of habit here. We're going to start up with the racing news with Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News. With all the news that is the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Here's your first story this week. The music has stopped for Stradivarius. With those words, owner breeder Bjorn Nielsen called time on one of the most popular and enduring horses of the modern era on Monday. The eight-year-old has been slow to recover from the bruised foot he sustained last month, prompting connections to retire him to stud. Stradivarius now joins the Stallion roster at the National Stud in Newmarket after a stellar career that saw him win four Goodwood Cups, three Ascot Gold Cups, three Lonsdale Cups and the Doncaster Cup twice. The homebred Chestnut won 20 of his 35 starts over seven seasons for racecourse earnings of £3,458,968. Nielsen said of his son of See the Stars. He has been trotting and cantering, but it has taken longer to get over the bruised foot than we thought. We felt it would be unfair to ask him to come back again as a nine-year-old next season after his enforced time off. Stradivarius's retirement will be much lamented by a racing public that has taken him to its collective heart. A feature of his exemplary career was his consistency at the highest level. His last start saw him succumb by a neck to Kiprios in his bid for a fifth Goodwood Cup in July. His duel with the eventual winner brought the crowd to its feet. Nielsen reflected, It has been a fairy tale from start to finish. Until this setback, he had never been medicated and had never missed an engagement through injury. He had a great presence when he went to the races, which the crowds loved, and his overall soundness was rare to see in any horse, never mind one of his age. He is a tribute to John Gosden, who has trained him so brilliantly for so long. The standout performance within Stradivarius's dominance of the staying division came when he won the 2020 Gold Cup at Ascot by 10 lengths from Naif Road. He posted that victory on soft ground, even though Connections always felt he was at his best on a fast surface. 
Asked whether this represented a sad day for him personally, Nilsson said, Yes and no. It's been a great thrill to watch him racing all these years, but you always know they can't go on forever. We contemplated stopping him at the end of last season, but he showed us he wanted to go again, which was remarkable in itself. In the end, we decided to keep him training for three races, and he ran in all three, winning the Yorkshire Cup for the first time out and then having no luck at Ascot and Goodwood. But each time, he showed the fire was still there. He was consistently prolific, going round and round, winning all those staying races again and again. Even if I am fortunate to win the Derby or the Ark at some point in the future, I know I will never have another horse like him. He was hugely appreciated by the public and it was just a joy from start to finish. For all his dominance, Stradivarius would have embellished his staying record had he not been targeted at the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe two years ago. He missed the Longsdale Cup and Doncaster Cup as a consequence, but his Longchamp bid foundered when the ground came up heavy. Owning a horse of Stradivarius's high profile was not always easy for Nilsson. The pressure also told on regular rider Frankie de Tori, who offered to stand down from Stradivarius after the combination endured a troubled passage through the Gold Cup in June. Nilsson was of a similar mindset. Andrea Atzini replaced de Tori for the Goodwood Cup last month, which proved to be Stradivarius's final racecourse appearance. Stradivarius now strives to make an impact at stud against a backdrop of industry-wide reluctance to support staying stallions. Nielsen is adamant the horse has qualities beyond those of conventional stayers who tend to win races by their galloping prowess. He wasn't at all one-dimensional, Nielsen said. His turn of foot was there for all to see, and I for one will be supporting him with mares next year. Who would not want to breed from a filly by Stradivarius with all the attributes he showed? The music may have stopped, but the memories will endure. Stradivarius was an iconic presence at the races, and his short rivalry with Kiprios this season was amongst the highlights of the summer. His haul of seven Group 1 races matched Yeats's record for a stayer. He also earned a million-pound bonus twice for winning the Stayers Million series of races in 2018-19. As a result of his supremacy, the bonus was discontinued thereafter. And next, here on the Racing News. The producers of Horsepower have expressed sympathy to frustrated viewers and revealed their own exasperation over Amazon's failure to make the new four-part flat racing series available to all users. Horsepower, which follows the fortunes of champion jockey Oisin Murphy and leading trainer Andrew Balding from autumn 2020 to the summer of 21, was supposed to go live on Prime Video early on Friday. Yet even on Saturday morning, there was no sight of it for numerous subscribers. Among those unable to access Horsepower has been one of the documentary's producers and directors, John Maxey, who on Saturday spoke out on behalf of the programme makers Equine Productions and Lawton Entertainment. It is understood Amazon experienced technical upload difficulties with the series on Thursday evening, although nobody connected to Horsepower has been able to get an answer from the organisation about why the problem has persisted for so long.
Maxie said, Oisin, the Baldings, Equine Productions and myself were all getting a lot of messages yesterday asking us where there is the programme. Some people have had access to the series, but some have not, and it has proved impossible to get clarification from Amazon as to when the problem will be resolved. For those who haven't been able to find it, the programme has not been coming up on the Prime Video homepage, but it also hasn't been available when you do a search, although Amazon are saying it is there. We are frustrated and also sympathetic to all those who have been trying to watch Horsepower, but have so far been unable to do so. First impressions as a customer are so important, and our customers have had a bad first impression, which is worrying for us. Among those expressing disappointment on Saturday was jump jockey Sam Twiston Davis, whose fruitless search directed him to a season one of a 2010 ITV series called Horsepower with Martin Clunes. Maxie added, It is extremely exasperating. I don't think it would have happened with Lord of the Rings, but it has happened with Horsepower. Now next, here on the Racing News. Racegoers travelling to Paris for Art Weekend by rail face travel disruption with strike action by the RMT trade union likely to affect those using Eurostar services. Saturday, October the 1st, is the first of three fresh days of strike action. A day before Europe's showpiece middle distance race, the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe at Longchamp on Sunday week. National Rail has urged passengers not to attempt to travel on October the 1st, with just 11% of services expected to be running. A statement on the website of Eurostar, which runs services between London and Paris, says, Although the full impact is not yet known, we expect to run most of our trains. However, previous action by RMT has led Eurostar operating a reduced timetable. Thousands of racegoers from Britain and Ireland make the journey to the ARC meeting, which begins on October 1st. The strike action, which will mainly affect long-distance and intercity operators such as Avanti West Coast, Cross Country and GWR, will particularly impact those needing to board a connection service from London St Pancras International. Eurostar services are not currently stopping at Ashford International and Ebbsfleet International stations, leaving St Pancras as the only starting point for those making the journey. The London Marathon will also be run on October the 2nd, contributing to further disruption in the capital. Road closures will affect parts of central London from September 29th until October the 3rd as a result. And next, here on the Racing News... Charlie Appleby on Thursday gave a glowing update on the progress of his 2021 Derby winner Adair, who will remain in the reckoning for the guitar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe at the latest forfeit stage on Monday. After a long absence, Adair returned to action with an easy success in a conditions race at Doncaster's St Ledger's meeting, leaving Appleby leaning towards the Kipgo Champion Stakes at Ascot on October the 15th for his next start. That plan remains a strong possibility, but granted decent ground at Longchamp on Sunday week, Appleby said that the, quote, likelihood is that Adair will take his chance in Paris. There's still no concrete plan, said Appleby. He's going to work on Saturday, and if we're happy with that work, we'll leave him in the ark on Monday and take a look at it then. Most importantly, we'll keep an eye on the ground. 
We know what it can be like, and I don't want him to have to encounter what he went through last year in the Ark. Admittedly, the race wasn't run to suit us, but it was in very testing conditions, and then we backed him up on Champions Day. The mindset is still Champions Day, but if the Ark comes up as being sensible ground, we know at this time of year you have to go where the ground is. If I said I'll wait for Champions Day and all of a sudden it's bottomless there, I'll be kicking myself that I've potentially missed an opportunity in an arc on decent ground. I'll keep him in on Monday with an open view. Since Adea's comeback win at Doncaster, William Haggis has ruled Baid, the highest rated horse in Europe, out of the arc and into the champion stakes. But Appleby said those plans have not influenced his thinking. He added... You do what's best for the horse at the end of the day. The Baid team are doing what they feel is the best for their horse and will do what's right for Adair. We'll go where the ground is right and if we're going to get sensible ground in the arc, the likelihood is we'll take our chance. If not, we'll wait and roll the gamble on to what we're going to encounter on Champions Day. After winning the Derby and King George at Ascot last year, Adea finished fourth to Torquator Tasso on heavy ground in the arc before finishing a well-beaten fifth on good to soft ground in the champion stakes. According to Appleby, it has been a, quote, long road to get Adaya back to his peak following those two runs just 13 days apart, but he could not be any happier with his current condition. The trainer said, He's come out of Doncaster and thinks he's King Kong again, and that's what you need. When he finished last season off with two gruelling races in that ground, it takes a lot for a horse to sometimes come back from it. He's got his mojo back and is 100% the horse that won the derby, if not better. Adaya is a best-priced 11-1 to with Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook for the Ark, a race Rappleby ruled out for last year's third Hurricane Lane. And here's a quick look at the prices for the Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe at Longchamp on October the 2nd at the time of recording. William Hill has fours for Luxembourg, seven for Alpinista, eight for Adaya and Torquato Tasso, nines a title holder, twelve Zonesto, fourteen Vandini and twenty Bar. Next, here on the Racing News. Luxembourg, Alpinista and Adea are among 27 remaining entries for Sunday's Qatar Pre-Deluxe de Triumph after the first forfeit stage on Monday. More than 50 horses were taken out of Europe's richest race, including Pile Driver, Hurricane Lane, Baybridge and Nashua. Last year's winner, Torquato Tasso, remains in contention along with Prix de Jockey Club and Coral Eclipse winner Vandini and title holder who bids to seal a long-awaited first arc success for Japan. Irish derby hero Westover remains on track for the €5 million Euro race which will be televised on ITV and Sky Sports Racing with other British entries including the John and Thady Gosden trained Mishrif and Moshtadaf. The William Haggis trained Allenker and Westwind Blows for Simon and Ed Crisford. Luxembourg, who heads the betting at a general 4-1, to one, could be joined by Bally Doyle stablemate Broom, while Jim Bolger could be represented with Max Swiney and the Gerlines trained Thunderkiss is another to stand aground. 
Alpinista, trained by Sir Mark Prescott, has proved popular with Coral over the past while and had been cut from 11 to 2 from 7s following the forfeit stage. Coral's John Hill said, All the support in the last 24 hours in our arc betting has been for Alpinista. If the interest in the mare continues over the next few days, she could be challenging Luxembourg for favouritism come Sunday. We have also seen support behind Coral Eclipse winner Vandini. He is now third best in the betting behind Luxembourg and Alpinista. There is a second forfeit stage on Tuesday morning with supplementaries and probable runners to be outlined on Wednesday morning. Melbourne Cup heroine Very Elegant is expected to be added to the race at a cost of €120,000. You have been listening to the Racing News with all the news that is the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden and join us again next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks to Mike Padden. And now let's see when we can go racing this weekend. Right, well, there are seven races over the jumps at Fontwell with a 125 start, seven races on the flat at Newmarket with a 131 start, seven races on the flat at Redcar with a 136 start, six races on the flat at Ascot with a 151 start, and seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton over the all weather with a 530 start. And on Sunday, we've got seven races over the jumps at Kelso with a 125 start. Seven races over the jumps at Utoxeter with a 143 start. One race on the flat at Tipperary with a 225 start. And, of course, it's the big Longchamp meeting, so you've got the Arc de Triomphe over at uh, Longchamp in France. Now it's time to hear from our special guest, uh, Mr Graham Bradley, who talks to us about his time working with Michael Dickinson and also what it's like to ride in the Grand National. OK, so um, back to Michael Dickinson in a minute. I mean, he went to America, but he was yeah. he was very successful in America, wasn't he? Yeah, he had a, he had a beautiful, beautiful yard. He built his own house and he built his own yard. He bought it and built it. You know, because most American trainers train on race courses. Yeah. Um, he's still got that place in America now. Um, his birthday was a couple of weeks ago. He's 72 years old. I don't know whether he's going to stay in America or come over, but he, was a, he had a lot of winners. He was a brilliant trainer in America. So what do you think went wrong that he didn't have so many winners with Robert Sanks then? Because, I mean, presumably he had the best horses available to him. Well, I think it was Robert Sanks to uh, bred a lot of horses, and they weren't very good. Yeah. Um, which was a, which was a shame for him. Mm, definitely. So moving on again, um, uh, eighty three, eighty four. Uh, you won the Dipper Chase on Let Up, and the the Castleford Handicap Chase on Badsworth Boy, a name that rings a bell. And then you had uh, Brown's Gazette and Rhyme and Reason. So a pretty good year was, you know, looking to be forming at that particular time. Well, it, I was, it was absolutely unbelievable. Um, to win the Sun Lions Novice Hurdle at Cheltenham on Saban de Loire hmm. was, was, just, was just absolutely brilliant. Lettock was a very good horse. He broke down, unfortunately. Um, I won the Castle Bandicoot Chase on Badsworth Boy. Coral Welsh National on Rhyme and Reason. Um, another one on Ryman, Wayward Lad. I mean, I won on lots of really, really, really good horses. But the Sabon de Loire 
Brigham and Ryan and Reason were as good a horses and Wayward Lads were as good a horse as I ever rode. Very mm. lucky. And if you had to look back now on, on all of your winners, is there any one that stands out as being just that little bit extra magic about him? Yeah, I think Ryman Reason. Yeah. Um, that was trained by David Murray Smith at the time. Um, and I won the Irish Grand National in hmm. um, 1985. It was absolutely unbelievable. He was a novice. I was, uh, I mean, I've seen it on videos a few times. I went around the outside and it was an absolutely brilliant win. It was the first English winner there for I don't know how many years. But I would have said, memories, memories wise, rhyme and reason. I mean, it's a shame he got injured, something wrong with him. He, um, David Ellsworth, he went down to below 10 stone, his rating, and I couldn't, couldn't ride him because I, I couldn't do 10 stone. Hmm. Um, but he, he gradually grew up, grew up, grew up and got better and better and better and he ended up winning the um, the English Grand National, didn't he? Hmm. Um, which was a shame and I didn't, I didn't get the ride on him. So, I mean, look, you've won the Welsh National, you've won the Irish National. How have you done generally in the uh, the Aintree National? Uh, unfortunately, I only had about 16 rides in it um, and the closest I got was on Sunny Bay to Charlie Brooks. Hmm. Getting that job for Charlie Brooks was, was absolutely brilliant. And we finished second. Um, I had 12 stone. He's a, a really, really, really good horse. Um, Carl Llewellyn won it. Um, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful memory. Yeah. Um, and I thought I was going to win. Um, it was very good. I just, just unfortunately, I think I had 12 stone and. Carl Llewellyn's had 10-10 or something. Um, and it was just, it was just Earth Summit, that's right. Earth Summit was um, just too good for us, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It was a great run. Shame that I won the, the, uh, the Grand National, but second was, was, was the best I ever did. Try and, try and um, describe to me, I mean, I've, I've only ridden a horse twice, Um up round some hills around here where I live in Somerset and uh, there was a whole group of us doing it and it was one of those situations where the horse in front suddenly started to motor on a little bit and everybody started to motor on and I was there hanging on for dear life most of the time so can you describe to me what it's like to ride the Grand National because that's I've got no conception of what it must be like so I'm hoping you can tell me I used to love 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 riding it it's absolutely amazing 40 runners you start off in one line all together and it's such a wide, 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 wide course. And you go down to the to the Beaches Brook, which is the sixth fence. You've just got to be you've just got to be lucky. I mean the fences now are a lot smaller and a lot softer. When I was riding it they were big. Beaches Brook was absolutely massive. Yeah. So you've you've just got to use them and I rode a lot of horses. They only carried 10 stone and I only did 10-5 or something. I didn't ride some very, very, very good horses, unfortunately. Um, but you've just got to be, you've just got to concentrate. You've got to keep them balanced. You've got to keep them jumping. You hope you've got to get the trip for a quarter mile. Um, and Sunny Bay was absolutely brilliant. I was very unlucky not to win. Mm. We ran national on him. Sorry. But you've just got to, you've just got to, balance, rhythm, timing you've got to be a very very good jockey 
And I presume you've got to be brave. <coughs> um, yes, you've got to be brave. Um, I, I won the Italian champion hurdle at Charlie Brooks in 1991 on a horse called Baccaro. Mm. And I also won a toy on it as well. You know, it's absolutely amazing to go to different countries, different races, and win big races like that. Mm. Um, it, it's miracles, but it's really, really, really satisfying, and, I've, and I really enjoy it. Uh, I, I got a ride on Des- Desert Orchid one day at Sandown, Des- yeah. David Ellsworth. And the Desert Orchid's one of the best horses ever. It, mm. was a, it was a two-mile race, which it had won a couple of years before. But the race before, Richard Dunwoody didn't want to ride it at Sandown, just mm. two miles. He'd won the Irish Sand National, which was for him a quarter mile. Mm. Um, but to ride, to ride Desert Orchid like that was an absolute miracle. Um, I'll tell you another big, big race that I won in Ireland, the Fiestis Chase. Yeah. And a horse called Couldn't Be Better, mm. um, January 1997, Golden Park. That was absolutely brilliant. Winning that, he was a very, very good horse. Um, uh, very, see, very good horse. I see in your list of winners here, you also rode Floyd in the Long Walk Hurdle in uh, 1990. Yeah. Floyd won me a fortune. He was a wonderful horse. Every time I backed him, he won. Great little horse. I remember him well. Maroon and blue he colours, was, weren't they? Well, he was an absolute super. Really good. I won two or three big races on him uh, for David. Was it wonderful riding for David? Edwards. And then he. Had so many winners on the flat. Yeah. So many winners over the I think I think he's just retired this year now. That's right, it he has, miracle, yeah. It was a miracle road for him. He's a lovely, lovely, lovely man, an absolute gentleman. Hmm. So presumably you must have been voying with uh, Colin Brown for rides because he rode a lot for David Ellsworth, didn't he? He did. I met Colin Brown the other day. He does a few tips. He's a, he's a, he's a really, really, really man. Yeah. Really nice man. Yeah. Um, I've just found out here, David Ellsworth Floyd, the long hurdle at Ascot 1990. Hmm. So that was the, probably the biggest race that I won in. was absolutely good. I tell you, I used to ride for as well with Toby Baldy. Yeah. He's, he's passed away now. I mean, I know I used to ride with his dad as well. I rode a winner for the Queen, Queen's mother, actually. Um, but I, I think one of the best horses I've for Toby Baldy was Kill Dino. Mm. I won the Sun Alliance Novice Chase 1987 on him. Mm. Um, he was a very, 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 very good horse. I was lucky to ride for, um, for Toby Baldwin. Well, that was Graham Bradley now, enjoying his retirement out in France. Right, well, now it's time to catch up with all the regulars on the show, and we're going to start off with speaking with Rod Millman down at Cullumpton. Good evening, Rod. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Slightly uh, different time and date, but um, uh, you've got some runners at Salisbury tomorrow, but I'm more interested in the runners that you've got over the weekend at uh, Newmarket. Can you talk to us a bit about the three at, uh, uh, well, two at Newmarket, one at, uh, where's the other one, Redcar? Well, the red car run doesn't run. That's right. waiting for the following week. It runs in a group three, the uh, Oswald Sharp Stakes. Right. Um, uh, so she's going there. But um, Cuban Mistress, she's going for the Cornwallis. Uh, right. She won. She won a really good race at Newbury last time. Um, she's had a bit of a break, um, so she's goes for that race. And that's a it'd be very competitive. Obviously, it's the the only five furlong group race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the end of the season, so all the good, all the fast horses will be aiming for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we do actually run 
two in a valuable sales race on Saturday. Yeah. Um, if you bought a horse at Newmarket Sales in in a couple of sales, then they can go in the sales race. Right. And it's it's quite a big race, 150,000. Yeah. Well, there would have been 800 horses sold for this sale probably. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've ended up with the second best one and the sixth best one. Oh, that's all right then. Okay. Yeah. So um, that's on the ratings anyway. So they they have a chance that they pay prize money down the tenth. And how many uh, prizes? How many runners in each race then? There'll, there'll be twenty eight. Twenty eight. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you're but you're um, you're obviously you know you've got to be in it to win it, haven't you? Well, we we we'll be sort of uh, second or third favourite and yeah. fifth favourite probably. You know. Yeah. Um, they they pay the first ten. So, you know, there's a good chance. They've, they've got chances of getting prize money anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And the first prize is about £80,000, so it's worth going for, you know. Talking more generally, um, you've got Abel Kane on Friday, which is going to be too too late for our listeners on Saturday, uh, Friday night. But um, uh, good chance there? Well, he's had a good season. Um, he had a very hard race at Goodwood two runs ago. Might have just taken the edge off him a little bit. Um he had a hard race that day. He was only fourth, but he went very fast mid-race and then and had a hard race at the end. And sometimes it takes him a while to get over it mentally, not yeah. physically, but mentally. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's uh, he's had a good season. He's you know he's paid his way. He's had a win and for good places, and um, he's in the highest ever mark now. He's in the nineties. But he's been a very good horse to us, and um, hopefully he'll run well. Patrick rides him, my son. Yeah. Uh, he's an amateur. He's had a couple of winners this year. He's done very well. Yeah, he's been champion amateur uh, three times, I think, yeah. in the last 10 years. So he's doing well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Very much so. And what about the ones at Salisbury on, uh, on Thursday? Uh, Amazon Dream, he's got a good chance. Uh, Gina Mongan rides him. Yeah. And the other two two-year-olds are, are young two-year-olds. Uh, they're doing their best, but they probably won't win the races. I see Madame Pickles 200 to 1, so obviously the bookies don't think much of his chances anyway. No, no, well, she's, she's been a bit slow to come to hand. She's had a couple of races and not really done very well. So we're running in a, in a maiden tomorrow, and um, there will be a lot of green horses in it. Mm. Um, and she's had experience, so we're hoping she'll step up her form to um, show us more tomorrow. Generally speaking, though, I mean, these young, youngish horses, I mean, is the mental situation, is that a potential problem with all horses, or do you find that some are just a little bit sort of over the top with it, or what? Well, um, they all vary, obviously, but, you know, bear in mind, the majority of horses are going to be handicappers. Yeah, yeah. And if you train them too hard, I mean, we very rarely have a horse good enough to win a race first time out. Um and if you do win, you do tend to be, you've, you've, you've got to train them very hard to make them win first time out. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily do them a lot of good in the long term, you know. So it's more, more beneficial to let them sort of come along at their own pace then, really? Well, I, I would I would let mine come along um, at a quieter pace. And most of my horses will improve for a race, yeah. you know. Yeah. But that's my owners understand that before they go to the races, so it's not too bad. But unfortunately, some owners are very impatient and they want them to, to be at their 100% every yeah. time. Yeah. And then they, they wonder why they wear out. <laughs> I, I always had a theory. Now, I mean, you've got to bear in mind that you're a racing man, I'm not. Um, but if ever I bought a horse, would it be practical to say to a trainer, right, well, we've got this horse, right? Um, you're going to run it, should we say, for argument's sake, four or five times this season. As long as you get me one when you know it's going to win, 
Uh, am I being unrealistic to say that? Because I mean, well, yeah. owners would ask for that, but it's it's very hard for me to give them that. Yeah, yeah. Now that's what I was saying because I mean, you can't you can't be guarantee you can't guarantee anything. No, you can can't you? guarantee a win. You can't. No. <laughs> and don't forget, the majority of horses never win. No, no, I suppose not. Percentage wise, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. The majority never win. Now the the, uh, the flat racing season is nearly over. Now I don't know how many more weeks would you say you've got. Well, the grass season ends the first week of November. Oh, so we've got about a month to go then, really. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. and have you got the races any... are very hard to, to win at the moment because you've got only only half of the meetings, and all the horses are still in training. You know. Yeah. So it's the races are very competitive at the moment. Um, and what about the going now? I mean, how, how how would you see the going in general terms? I mean, we haven't had a lot of rain. Uh, well, have we? uh, obviously, <coughs> obviously, it's softer. You've got um, darker evenings. And not so much evaporation from the ground. Yeah. And you do tend to get better grain this time of year, you know, or sorts of grain. But of course, then on, once you've had watered ground and then you get a bit of rain on it, it goes heavy very easily. You know? Yeah, yeah, quite, quite. But um, other than that, it's all sort of, you know, you should have a, a good run into the end of the season then, as far as you're concerned. Well, a lot of, a lot of all horses are coming out of training now. They'll have a break and, and, and when, when in the new year. Yeah, yeah. And will you be running many on the uh, all weather? We won't have many between now and Christmas, but after Christmas we probably have about eight to one. Right, right. And and you train horses specifically for the outdoor weather. I mean, is is there a technique to that or not? No, not really. Um, you you can run horses on the all weather that um, wouldn't stand racing on grass because mm. it's a more consistent surface. Yeah, it's a bit like trouble is when you run on grass, you have different undulations. Uh, sometimes the ground can be different in different parts of the track, so the horse could be running on fast ground in one place then go on to good ground and then but the horse doesn't know that till he reaches it yeah um you can get away with a, a, a horse has to be, doesn't have to be quite so tough on the all-weather to race right right it's okay. more forgiving surface yeah yeah okay rob well good luck on saturday in those uh okay that, that exp expensive races hope you come up with uh First and second would suit you, I should think, wouldn't it? It'd be great, it'd be great. Yes, it would, yes. <laughs> okay. All right, All right, Rod, thanks very much for that. Thank we'll you. speak to you next week then, okay? Lovely, thank Th you. Thanks, bye -bye. Rod, bye-bye. Well, that was Rod Millman down in Columpton. Now we're going to catch up with Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne. Right, good afternoon, Jamie. It's good to have you on the show again. Um, you've been having a little bit of a run here, haven't you? Two-thirds on the trot and then two winners. Come on, what's going on? Uh, hi, uh, hi, yeah, no, it's, um, it, it's good. Obviously, the horses are in great order. It's a lovely time of the season. Things are starting to sort of get a bit more exciting, and um, you know, the the, the, the the rain's coming in, and um, yeah, no, the, the horses are in good order. So it's uh, it's very exciting. Well, talk to me about the two winners to start with. See, see the clouds. Um, Gavin rode that. Um, a good winner. Yeah, lovely. So he he um, he he. Had, Three um, bumper runs last season, which placed in all three, came out on the on the back of a summer holiday, and he won on 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 on, uh, on a seasonal debut and a bumper at Stratford earlier on this month, and um, followed up on Monday first time out over hurdles and, and won pretty pretty impressively. Good, good. Well, that's him. You know, that's that's one for the for the for the coming few weeks, months, I suppose. And then, of course, we've got uh, Page took between the waters to a win. Yeah, so um, between the waters, dear old lad. He's um, he's the other end of the scale. He's an eleven-year-old, so he's been around, been around the houses, and um, 
and had plenty, plenty of runs under his belt. But uh, nice to see the old boy winning again. That was lovely. Yeah. So, you know, all things, and then of course, two thirds for earlier in the week as well. Um, Prisco Pike came third, and uh, how do you do? Uh, yeah, Pisco Pike obviously won the summer hurdle um, back in back in July, and um, this was obviously a, a, a very valuable race up at Market Racing again, a similar kind of race to the to the, the uh, summer hurdle that he that he won. Yeah, and um, only only one horse in the history has won one both, and, and obviously he's gone up in the handicap having won the summer hurdle and carrying top weight there on on Saturday, ran a blinder to finish third, so that was a good performance. So you know, basically, prize money must be good as well. I mean, it's all it's all going like a well-oiled machine, isn't it? Well, we 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 are not not for lack of trying anyway. <laughs> no, but I think it's it's exciting stuff. So now, uh, weekend Saturday Sunday, you've got a few runners. It would appear are they all going first of all, and if so, which ones do you think are going to be the best? Tomorrow we've got Bucko's Boy, Dusky Days, and Bravehearts. On Saturday we've got Chapman's Hype, and on Sunday we've got Colonel Harry. I think. Okay, well, let's talk about Chapman's height and Colonel Harry because obviously um, Friday's tour, you know, we're not, they'll have run before we come on air, sort of thing. So, um, Chapman's hype in particular. Well, Chapman's hype goes down to Fontwell. He's, um, he's been down to Fontwell five times and he's won on five occasions down there. So, he's, um, he's got a love of air for the track. So, uh, he, he goes there in good, too much rain. There is a bit of rain coming in and he does like the slightly nicer ground. So, um, he wouldn't want too much rain to hit the track. And uh, and then what about Court Colonel Harry? Is he going? He um, now he he would want a little bit of uh, soft ground. He would want the rain to hit. He's a lovely individual. Um, he's come from the point to point field in Ireland, uh, where he fell at the last first time out. And then he then he bolted up. He's a very nice horse. Um, yeah, like him a lot. He goes goes nicely, but he would want a bit of ground, a bit of cut on the ground. So if we're in the rain, which apparently we're going to, it's very black here in Somerset at the moment, so it uh, looks like we're going to get a bit of rain anyway. Good. Well, that's that's great news, um, Jamie. You know, keep it coming. Keep it coming. That's all I can say, really. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the way, you know, with, with obviously with the season beginning to hot up sort of fairly soon now, Chepstow's not that long away, is it? Um, it's a good time to have your horses in form, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, um, uh, listen, it's always a good time to have the horses in form. But as you said, at the, the, at the start of the sort of winter season proper, it's, it's good. Yeah. No, well, keep it up, mate. Keep it up. And, uh, you know, let's hope we can give you plenty of publicity up here on uh, Three Valleys Radio. And um, everybody be happy, won't they? Basically. Yeah, great stuff. Well, yeah. that would be nice. Well, that was a very happy Jamie Stilton there. I mean... Uh, Great deal of success at the moment, so long may it continue. Now we're going to catch up with our expert from the flat racing world, Mr. Richard Phillips. And of course, with the Arc de Triomphe coming up, plus the Sun Chariot, uh, it's a busy weekend. So here's Richard. Good afternoon, Richard. Nice of you to join us again. A bit of a big weekend coming up, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's that time of year, the autumn, where all the big races come up. And uh, yeah, this weekend is going to be really interesting because we've got Ascot and Newmarket on Saturday. Ascot, we've got the Cumberland Lodge, which is a mile and a half uh, group race, which is always an interesting race. And we've got Hamish in there, who's turning into a bit of a star, bred by um, William Haggis's father, Brian Haggis, and the son of Motor Beta. We had a cracker in the Irish St. Nature last time out, to be second to Kiprios, the Ascot Gold Cup winner. So Hamish looks favourite chance there at Ascot in the Cumberland Lodge. And at Newmarket, you've got Sun Chariot, which is always a great Group one race for mayors. 
fillies. Saffron Beach is the favourite. She's a real Group 1 star this year, uh, trained by uh, Jane chapel Hyam and may well go to America after this. But Saffron Beach is the favourite. Horse has been put in there called Laurel, uh, which is pretty impressive for the Abdullah Judd, you know, Colin Abdullah's Judmont Farms, basically. Laurel, beautifully bred. Uh, Philly's been put into that. And Homeless Songs, who won the Irish 1000 guineas. So this, uh, that looks a really good race, the Sun Chariot uh, at Newmarket. And if I was trying to pick a winner on the day, there's a sales race, Tattersall's sales race. for Horses bought at auction at the Tattersall sales in Newmarket. And second favourite is a horse called Sky Sale, trained by Marcus Tregoning. He's been pressed last time at Newmarket. He should run really well at about six to one chance. So Sky Sale for me in the, in the old Tattersall's. But the big race, of course, the weekend is the Ark at Longshore, and it's going to be a fascinating race. Indeed it is, indeed it is, and my old favourite, Mishriff, is in there. Absolutely, I thought you might mention that, he's a big price, William Burritt rides, uh, he's changed jockeys a few times this season, but uh, Mishriff looks as though he wants a mile and a half these days, he's been running up in a King George, uh, Ascot, he, he certainly gets the trip, um, it'll be sort of easiest ground, fairly soft ground, I don't know if that's ideal for him, but uh, he's a 25 to 1 shot in places, so he's a big each way bet. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ran a cracker, but I've got two outsiders, two horses backed in the race last year, along with uh, Tarketa Tasso, which of course won the race last year at a huge price. Uh, I was lucky enough to look for horses that liked soft ground last year. Mm-hmm. And so we backed the winner on one. Uh, but there's two horses in their way uh, called Seal Away, uh, who's about a 40 to 1 chance, and Bubble Gift, who's an 80 to 1 chance. Uh-huh. They were beaten four and a half. Four and a half lengths and five and a half lengths in last year's arc. Uh, Seal away, I'm convinced, wants soft ground and a mile and a half. He actually won over a mile and a quarter off the arc last year in the, at the uh, Ascot Champions Day. So he's a Group 1 winner, and I think he's a big price at 41. And Bubble Gift has been knocking on the door. He goes in soft ground as well, and I think the ground will be soft enough. And of course, Michael, uh, uh, Michael Barcelona, Mikel Barcelona rides... Seal away and Olivier Pellier rides bubble gifts. So two really good jockeys, yeah. uh, French jockeys riding in a race. So the arc's always an interesting race, but no horse stands out this year. So for me, the outside is a seal away and bubble gift. Do you think the going's going to be an issue? Because I was listening to a, a Sport in Life podcast where uh, Ed Chamberlain, Ed Chamberlain, that's it, of course it is. Um, he was saying that they have apparently been watering quite a bit over at Longchamp, and it's going to be without doubt, it's going to be, um, you know, going is, is likely to be soft, so uh, which is not ideal for some of the horses for certain, is it? No, and this is uh, a big factor, and often the French do, you know, water a hell of a lot, as it were, whether they do it to stop the old Europeans winning, or the English winning, or the British winning, yeah. is another matter. I think that um, you have to go on the, you know, it's going to be softish ground, you have to go on the ground, and that's why I think it's such an open race. But Luxembourg is the favourite, He's by a horse called Camelot, and some of Camelots can run a bit in and out for me. Mm. Uh, but the four to one favour, he's got certainly got a good chance, but I wouldn't be backing him. But again, Tarkated Tasso, last year's winner, um, is a decent horse, and I think he has another great chance. But winning two arcs is pretty hard, so uh, I, I wouldn't say he's probably uh, my choice for the race. But again, he goes on soft ground. You've got to look for horses that go on soft ground. Yeah. What about the Aga Khan's horse? Because I always fancy, I, I quite fancy that one this year as well. But Danny, I won't put you off. He won the um, the French Derby, so just over a mile and a quarter. He was running on the other day in the Irish Champions. 
uh, didn't get the best of runs, actually, running on in that race. So I think he will get the trip. And if he does get the trip, he's obviously going to be um, um, in there with a right shout because he, he's, he won the Eclipse over a mile, of course, with a good turn of foot. He's by a horse called Churchill, uh, who was a very good two-year-old and three-year-old for Aidan O'Brien. And he's had a bit of a slow start to his um, stalling career, but he's getting going now. And Churchill looks as though he's got a, a decent horse in. I wouldn't be surprised if a Churchill horse could breed a mile and a half winner. He, um, he was, of course, by Galileo himself. So I wouldn't be surprised if Fadini got the trip. And if he does, he's got a right chance. Yeah. And you, you were mentioning this uh, auction race at Newmarket. Of course, uh, one of our other contributors, Rod Millman, he's got a couple in it. So uh, we, we Absolutely. should be... Absolutely. Uh, a couple that I think ran in the Newbury sales race as well. So, yeah. you know, they've, they've got consistent form. So it is a, it is a competitive race, but I'm always looking for something that just might be a group horse in the race. Mm. And uh, Guy Sale just might be of that class. Yeah, uh, going forward, Marcus Tagoning, um It's always rated this horse, I know. So hopefully, he'll run a good race. But yeah, um, Rob Hill has got a couple in there that certainly been shown consistent form, and you wouldn't rule them out at all. No, he's had a fairly good season this year, that's for certain. But uh, they've gone off a little bit just lately. But uh, nonetheless, I think he's he's quite hopeful anyway. Well, look, Richard, thank you very much for all that. Let's hope uh, the race turns out to be as good as we all hope it will. Although. Judging by what they were talking about on the Sport and Life one, they all thought it was a very sort of average sort of arc, not a great arc. So whether they'll be proved right, well, we'll see, won't we? Well, it's always difficult to win any arc, but um, I, I, I think there's no standout. You know, Baid goes to Ascot and doesn't run the arc. So if Baid are running, that would have been a fascinating event. But there's no real standout. And that's why I think uh, looking for an outsider and each way bet might be the answer this year. And and going back to my misrift, mis do you think uh, having William Buick on, Buick on board will will help? Uh, William Buick is a top class jockey, um, world class, and um, I, without being funny, I think confidence is the most important thing in a jockey. He's riding loads of winners, yeah. And therefore, William William Buick, uh, I would have thought, been a very positive booking. Good. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you very much for that, Richard. We will look forward to catching up with you next week and uh, we can discuss how good you were at selecting the winner, can't we? Let's hope so. <laughs> OK, mate. Well, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us today anyway and I'll speak to you next week. No, many thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Cheers then. Bye-bye. Right, well, Nick, um, it's been quiet mainly because uh, I've been looking out for your rides and you haven't had any and I'm thinking what's going wrong here then haven't heard you'd hurt yourself but I now have heard that you have hurt yourself all right who told you that uh who told me that uh Jamie Snowden all right yeah no I've been off for three weeks now um I just had a bit of surgery done on a previous injury just had some metal work taken out oh. um I hope to be back sort of middle of the month so it's not too bad oh that's not too bad then is it but uh, no, I was a bit concerned because as I said, well, you know, why is he in the rides? Can't understand that yeah. at all. But I, I, I didn't want to ring up and sort of put my foot in it, or if it was something sort of political or whatever, you know. So anyway, no, no, no. here we are. Anyway, so um, that must be a bit frustrating for you. But I suppose you're getting ready for the new season, really. So might as well get it out of the way now. Is that the sort of thinking? Well, that that was basically what the conclusion come to. So um, yeah, 
gearing up. Um, I'm sure in a month's time we'll be getting very busy. So yeah. looking forward to that. And and how long? Well, you've obviously had the operation now, have you? And, and, and it's, yeah, yeah. And um, so, how long have you been recuperating now? Then uh, just uh, ten days or so. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's not too bad. It feels good. So um, yeah. better for it. So you can go. You can go through um, metal detectors all right now. Then can you? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. But uh, do you find it frustrating? I mean, I suppose you do when you you know you want to be out there earning money and, and riding winners, and and you can't. But you know. Yeah, it's still quite enough jump racing because um, uh, you know there's only one meeting a day, and the ground's very quick, so um, we're not missing too much, thankfully. Yeah, no, it's okay. And, I mean, obviously, I suppose the rain is going to eventually come and start to start to fall and soften things up a little bit for you anyway yeah when it does i'll be back <laughs> yeah exactly okay so um who'd you fancy to win the arc then yeah good question i'm a luxembourg fan i thought he was very good in the leopards down the last day yeah but look it's a very good race you can make a case for probably about 10 um it's going to be the draw was interesting be interested to see how much rain they get on friday they're forecasted a lot um some big names no out, out you know no yeah. big you know, Mishriff not going, I suppose, is... Um, so there's no real stand-up horse, but you can make a case. You wouldn't be surprised if at least 10 of them won it. But, mm. um, yeah, no, it's a good race. Good. It, you know, probably the race of the season, isn't it? Yeah, well, I suppose we should be all there. So, well, of course, I've got a clash with Manchester United and Manchester City, so that's going to be difficult. But anyway, yeah. we have got video, so I suppose we could record it. <laughs> anyway, we're up, Nick. Thanks for joining us again. Best of luck with the yeah. uh, the uh, recuperation. I hope you're back and, and you know, firing on all four. And um, so, any ideas when you'd like you to get, any, you know, get back in the saddle? Uh, yeah, two, three weeks, I'd imagine. Two or three weeks. Okay, well, I'll keep an yeah. eye on things this end anyway, and then we'll give you a call. Okay. Best of luck, sir. Thank you very much. Speak to you Cheers, soon. Cheers, then. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that was Richard Phillips there with his uh, suggestions for the arc. Um, both a couple of long shots, but uh, it's a pretty open race this year, so who knows? We shall see. Now we're going to catch up with uh, jockey Nick Schofield, who's had a little bit of an operation on his ankle, but he's well on the way to getting back riding. Right, well, Nick, um, it's been quiet mainly because uh, I've been looking out for your rides and you haven't had any and I'm thinking what's going wrong here then I haven't heard you'd hurt yourself but I now have heard that you have hurt yourself all right who told you that uh who told me that uh Jamie Snowden all right yeah no I've been off for three weeks now um I just had a bit of surgery done on a previous injury just had some metal work taken out oh. um I hope to be back sort of middle of the month so it's not too bad oh that's not too bad then is it but uh, no, I was a bit concerned because as I said, well, you know, why is he in the rides? Can't understand that yeah. at all. But I, I, I didn't want to ring up and sort of put my foot in it, or if it was something sort of political or whatever, you know. So anyway, no, no, no. here we are. Anyway, so um, that must be a bit frustrating for you. But I suppose you're getting ready for the new season, really. So I might as well get it out of the way now. Is that the sort of thinking? Well, that that was basically what the conclusion come to. So um, yeah. But gearing up, um, I'm sure in a month's time we'll be getting very busy. So yeah. looking forward to that. And and how long? Well, you've obviously had the operation now, have you? And, and, and it's, yeah, yeah. And um, so how long have you been recuperating now then? Uh, just uh, ten days or so. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's not too bad. It feels good. So um, yeah. better for it. 
So you can go you can go through um, metal detectors all right now, then can you? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. But uh, do you find it frustrating? I mean, I suppose you do when you you know you want to be out there earning money and, and riding winners, and and you can't. But you know, yeah, it's still quite enough jump racing because um, uh, you know there's only one meeting a day, and the ground's very quick, so um, we're not missing too much, thankfully. Yeah, no, that's okay. And I mean, obviously, I suppose the rain is going to eventually come and start to start to fall and soften things up a little bit for you anyway yeah when it does i'll be back <laughs> yeah exactly okay so um who'd you fancy to win the arc then yeah good question i'm a luxembourg fan i thought he was very good in leopardstown the last day yeah but look it's a very good race you can make a case for probably about 10. um it's going to be the draw was interesting be interested to see how much rain they get on friday they're forecasted a lot um some big names no out, out you know no yeah. big you know, Mishrif not going, I suppose, is... Um, so there's no real stand-up horse, but you can make a case. You wouldn't be surprised if at least 10 of them won it. But, mm. um, yeah, no, it's a good race. Good. It, you know, probably the race of the season, isn't it? Yeah, well, I suppose we should be all there. So, well, of course, I've got a clash with Manchester United and Manchester City, so that's going to be difficult. But anyway, <laughs> we have got video, so I expect we could record it. <laughs> anyway, we're up, Nick. Thanks for joining us again. Best of luck with the yeah. uh, the uh, recuperation. I hope you're back and, and you know, firing on all four. And um, so, any ideas when you'd like you to get, any, you, you know, get back in the saddle? Uh, yeah, two, three weeks, I'd imagine. Two or three weeks. Okay, well, I'll keep an yeah. eye on things this end anyway, and then we'll give you a call. Okay. Brilliant. Best of luck, sir. Thank you very much. Right, hang on. Well, good evening, Colin. It's lovely to have you on the show. Um, after you've set fire to the house and fed the dogs and taken them for a walk, I mean, it's very good of you to join us. Not at all. Not at all. I haven't set fire to the house yet, but I've got a right old flame going on my wood burner. <laughs> I, you can buy a special log called Flame Fast, which just, you know, gets rid of any rubbish up the chimney. All Not right. that my chimney's had a lot of use, but... Um, it, you know, the wood burner people say, give it a go. And I tell you what, it's right old flame on it. I'll take a picture and send you. Uh -huh. Anyhow, yeah, no, nice feature, nice feature. Yeah. Um, good, good evening, listeners. How how did we do last week? How many winners do we have? Um, I was afraid you were going to bring that up. Only the one. Oh, my God. You had, you had, you had, uh, you had four seconds, though. Oh, right, well, quite close. Hmm. But not close enough. But there we go. Not close enough. Right. Let's try and get some winners this week, listeners. We're going to go to Red Car. Mm -hmm. And then we will go to Newmarket. And then Fontwell Park, where it's the, it's the October Fest. I'm at Fontwell. Well, I've been to Fontwell on, on Friday. And I'm at Ascot doing the presentations on Saturday. So when I do that, I send... Um, a friend of mine along, Matty Baxter, who rides a bit, Newton has ridden the Cheltenham Festival winner, actually. Uh, Matty, he goes along and looks after my people at Frontwell, and I'm at Ascot on Saturday doing the presentations. Oh. And I will just say, um, the King has a runner. Um, the King has a runner. And um, yeah, I don't suppose he'll be there. Well, is, is but... he, has he risen from the dead at uh, Graceland's then, or what? No, this is the new king since the, the you know the king. Oh, what Charlie boy? Yes. Aha, right. Charlie boy. Yeah. Anyhow, he had his first runner in the royal colours since, of course, we lost 
uh, Her Majesty the Queen. Yeah. Um, and it was second today. I didn't think it would win, actually, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Oki Chobi won the race, which I expected. Um, so, did yeah, did so he go to the racing or what then? No, I don't think he was. Well, I don't know, but I don't think he was at Salisbury. Mm. But um, he will be. Uh, I don't think he'll be at Ascot either. But if if his horse wins, you've got to remember not to call him. Uh, you, you can't call him uh, the King or, you know, the King Charles III or King Charles III. You've got to call him the King, just like we did the Queen. So the Queen has a winner. Now it's yeah, well, it's just the trouble is that there are too many the Kings about, aren't there? Because you've got King Eric Cantona, you've got uh, Elvis Presley, the king, and I'm sure there's some more if I thought about it. So it's, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and Dennis Law, there's another one, you see, the king. He's got to share the title. I suppose, yes. And A.D. Hopper, the king. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to say that, though, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he here. he can share it with Eric Cantona, Dennis Law, and Elvis Presley. Okay. Okay, Cantona. Right. Yeah, I met Cantona once. Anyhow, yeah. we're talking about horses. Let's go yeah. for the Gisborne Stakes Red Car. It's at four uh, two forty-seven. It's a listed race, and Franny Norton, who's a good old mate of mine, and fifty-three years old, but still riding like a demon. He rides a horse there called. I'm a gambler, so named after you, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will win the, the 247 at Red Car on Saturday. Okay. Right. It's a it's real good race in there, real, really good race in there. Right. Um, and then <clears throat> at, uh, at Red Car, cool craggy. I just look at these races. Some of them are impossible. This is the time of year where, to be honest, you need to, you know, if, if your minimum bet or your maximum bet is a tenner or ten grand or a thousand quid or a hundred quid or whatever me it is, you need to sort of go, hang about, I'm going to cut that in half because at this time of the year, a lot of these horses, you know, they've been running everywhere. They've been all over the country and they've maybe got to the end of the season they're feeling a bit tired but they still look and feel great at home but they really you know are horses that just ah, e- how do I put it? equally um, though presumably just, there's a few horses floating around that people have kept back uh throughout the season and you know just getting them all lined up ready exactly. to stick them into races right at the end when nobody really knows much about them and then they go and uh, walk away with the prize money exactly and that's what I'm just coming on to in the 321 the William Hill two year old listed race at uh, Redcar on Saturday there's a horse called Jumbo that uh, won at Brighton first time out third at York and finished fifth at Royal Ascot in the uh, Windsor Castle and that's good form, so I think it's it'll win. Number two, uh, one second. It is horse number eleven, Jumbo, about twelve to one. It is, and that's up there at Red Car. Right, we'll do a little bit of jumping now, listeners, if that's okay. Oh no, we'll go to Newmarket, in fact, if that's okay, and then we'll do a bit of jumping. And at Newmarket, we've got some fantastic racing there. We really have, um, and we've got the. Bahrain Sun Chariot Stakes for fillies and mares 
a right old race to boot. Uh, what wins it? Well, I tell you what, Saffron Beach won it last year. It's trained by Jane Chapelhyen, owned by the Sanksers, Wiggins and uh, family. And Saffron Beach, I think, will win. It's a horse. Uh, it's a horse um, that's done really, really well in the past. As I say, it won the race last year. Um, it's a right. It's a right old race horse. This one. Um, so that's the one I want to be on. It beat Mother Earth last year, and it was ridden by Buick. And Buick's back aboard today. Saffron Beach in the 242 at Newmarket on Saturday, listeners, will win. Okay. Sounds easy, isn't it? Mm. Right, Rafe Beckett. How's the fire going? Really, really flaming away. Mm. Rafe Beckett um, is a trainer to follow in October, uh, according to a good mate of mine. He said, you want to look at his record in October, he has got a great record. And uh, I said, well, I, I know that. Um, so in the 317 at Newmarket, he writes a horse called, he runs a horse called Leadenhall. It's by Kingman, out of a good mare. It was fifth in a good race at Sandown Park a couple of weeks ago. And I think it will win today. And so that's the one to be on here. It's called Leadenhall in the 317 at Newmarket. Okay. Right, we will listen now go to Fontwell Park. That's where I could have been. I'm not. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven races there at Fontwell Park. Um, but it's, uh, it is pretty good racing down there. And what wins the first race there? Well, I'll tell you what wins the first race down there at 125. And it's a horse that uh, won at Newbury, uh, or Newton Abbott, should I say, called Paris Dixie. And it's trained by Honey Boy. He's got a great strike rate down there at, um, at Fontwell Park. So the first race, the 125, will go to Paris Dixie. And do you know what? You, you do realise he's yeah. literally only two and a half miles away. Paris Dixie. Has he been on your... I know, I know. Has he's... he been on your show? No, he's very shy. Well, he sort of is, but get him in the corner, he's not too shy. You know, <laughs> I mean, you, you sort of tell him, you know, say to him, do them, and he gets chatting away. Yeah, he, I know what you mean. He's quite a sort of a shy guy, if you like, but get, I don't mean get him in a corner, but just like go up to him and go boom, chat away about one of his horses or whatever. He's good. Well, right. You need to get him in a corner, and then you can uh, convince him that it's a great idea to come on Three Valleys Radio. I'll get him on Three Values Radio in the next two weeks, promise. Right, right. Challenge is on. Right. Right. OK, two, two o'clock at um, Fontwell Park. Um, Hurricane Beachy can win this. It won at Foss last last time out. Uh, well, that was in, when was it, back in April. Won National Flat Races. Trained by Milton Harris, who gets on your show a bit. Um, and I think that will win at Fontwell Park, the second race on the card he's having a good right. run at the moment you know Milton Harris he's, he's having flying. winners all over the place I know he is absolutely flying mm. and uh, yeah no he's, he's got some he's got some nice horses he has um, right the 235 at Fortwell Park 
horse called Yule Goat, I think, can win. Um, it's one of those owner's club horses, and I bought a share in it for one of my sons for his birthday and um, end up getting a small injury, never ran. So after uh, a year with the owner's club, you can renew for about, I don't know, 30 quid or something. Anyhow, none of us renewed it, and um, it went and won at Newton Abbott the other day. Yeah. So I think it'll win again today. Hugh Goat, Hugh Goat is called, okay. uh, in the <clears throat> 2.35 at Fontal Park. And Paul Nichols also running well. He's getting a few wins. He has a tremendous strike rate down there at, uh, at, at Fontal and Novice Chasers. But when you look at the race, Colin, you got... Joe, yeah. Joe Tizar's got one up there that he, he is, I know, quite yeah. uh, happy about. Uh, you've got yeah. Yorgate, and then, of course, you've also got, uh, what's it called, Wet and, Win Wet and Windy for Milton Harris again. Yeah. So it's a yeah. pretty competitive race, isn't it? It's very competitive, yeah, it is. Hmm. But we shall see. We will. Anyhow, that's what I'm going for. Okay. That is what I'm going for. Right. Uh, right. <clears throat> <clears throat> The final race on the card is quite interesting. It's one of those national flat races, and everybody thinks, oh, that'd be easy to win. But you need a horse when it's two miles, one furlong, 162 yards, that stays longer than the mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. Because, it, you know, when you're not jumping a hurdle and you're just galloping, it's, it's quite hard work for them, to be honest. Um, so, what wins it? it as I say, it's a a really good race, and um, our man, Mr. Honeyball, runs a horse there called Fortuna Ligna. He's only had one run. That was about a year ago, well, about 10 months ago. It wasn't beaten very far in a good race at Warwick, and uh, he's given it a little bit of time to strengthen up, and I would say it would take a little bit of beating. It's called Fortuna Ligna in the 4.55 at, uh, at Fontwell Park. Okay. Right, we're going to Ascot. I hope Mary's listening because she's quite keen on watching racing at Ascot. I think she's been to Royal Ascot a few times uh, along the way and dressed up and some finery, you know, and probably yeah. the Royal Enclosure. And that's what you do, isn't it, really? Have you mm. ever been to the Royal Enclosure? No, I haven't, no. I've, uh, I don't think I've ever been to Ascot racing either, come of that. Might have, really? gone, might have gone with the boys from the cricket club once, I think, possibly, but a long time ago. But, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm surprised. I mean, it's a track that I go to, you know, yeah. very regularly. So, well, if, you well, know, if, if, if you let us know, you know, which tracks you're going to be performing at, we can come and yeah. barrack you, can't we? You can do whatever you like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anyhow, Mary, uh, Ascot, the king has a runner. And it runs in the Oakman Inns. I know that guy that owns Oakman Inns. He'll be there. Uh, he's always dressed a bit flash. Um, Rue Stakes in the 151, and it's called King's Lynn. I think that's a place in Norfolk, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Anyhow, it is, King's yeah. Lynn last, last ran at Ascot for Her Majesty, her, our late Queen, and got beaten four, four lengths. This is how hard it is in these fat races. Got beaten four lengths in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes Group 1 race, and behind Naval Crown. And I think it will win today. It finished 11th, but being four lengths. Um, it's called King's Lynn. And I think I'll be stood on the winner's podium saying, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the winner 
of our openings, Roostakes, a listed race. That's the 151 here at Ascot, trained by Andrew Boarding, written by David Prober, and owned by the King. Yeah, wow. How's that sound? How's that sound? Yeah, not bad for a rehearsal. Not bad at all. <laughs> right. The 225 there is the Cumberland Lodge Stakes. This is a pretty good race. And there's a horse that I've put in my tracker here. It's called Hamish. This horse has got really good form. One at Chester, one at Chester Cup. They had a right old gamble on it, or the Ormond Stakes, should I say. And then it was second at the Curra. Um, when was that? Not very long ago. 11th of September to Kiprius, who I think Kiprius is a very good horse. He's going to go and win the Ascot Gold Cup. Um, again next year. He won it this year and he won the Goodwood Cup as well. He's a very smart horse. Um, Kiprius, it was second. Hamish was second. That was a real good run. So I think he will definitely win uh, t today. Listen, I'm saying to you, you know, hedge your bets a little bit, but I think Hamish is a good thing at Ascot. Okay. Right. Okay, on to the John Guest Bengoff Stakes Group 3 race. A horse called Summer Hand keeps on winning. It's a horse amazing, really. He's run 71 times. He's won 15 races. And he never stops improving this one. But he might have a little bit to do to possibly beat a horse called Rohan, who was third in a good race the other day at Haydock. Um, but I'm going to go for Summer Hand because he just seems to never know when he's beaten. So that's the one for me. Summer hand in the three o'clock at Ascot. Okay. Ah, right. On to the Heritage Handicap. Um, <clears throat> and there's a horse running here that ran air last week, finished ninth, but only beaten four lengths behind Summer hand, called Sir Dance a lot. And do you know, this horse is coming down the handicap a bit and he dropped two pounds for that run. And he's a real class horse. He's won two group twos at good, glorious Goodwood for um, my old boss, David Ellsworth. And at 40 to 1, 4-0 to 1, he's a massive each-way bet. Uh, Sir Dance lot, number six, in the 3.36. All right. Right. That, listeners, is your lot. I ain't going to go and look at the last two or three races because I think they're too hard. And um, that is your lot for uh, Saturday's racing. Mm, what about Sunday's racing, though? Well, what a day on Sunday, isn't it? Do you, know, do you know, I can't make out why um, we have the King George and Queen Elizabeth Stakes to Royal Ascot. Serious prize money. Five runners turn up. Basically... The King George, you know, you could arguably say is an arc trial. And, they don't, you know, it never fills. But on Sunday in Paris-Longchamp, have you ever been there? Uh, no. Been to Paris, but not Longchamp. OK. Well, Longchamp uh, is a great place and a great race course. Um, who was that? A prop, one of our prime ministers many years ago, um, Douglas Humes. Mm -hmm. uh, I got in a taxi uh, 
David Ellsworth and I got in a taxi with uh, the Douglas Humes once, um, just by mistake, really. And we went. They took us to the lovely hotel in the Champs-Élysées, and we had what you call posh afternoon tea, mm. sandwiches, which are in a triangle. You probably those great big slabs, but mm. these are a bit posh. Tri- Triangle sandwiches, you, you wouldn't understand those. No, no, no. Um, it's, right. It's over my head, I'm afraid. Yeah. I like it. I like <laughs> a nice cottage loaf and a great chunk of cottage loaf and a nice bit of cheddar with it. That's what you want. Fresh as <laughs> yeah, fresh, you know, really fresh. It's got to be fresh. If it's not fresh, throw it away. Coke, no ice, no lemon. Mm. Whereas we were drinking like Paul Rogers champagne. Oh, so, gosh. Know. How the other half live, eh? I know, it's easy, isn't it? Mm. Anyhow, Luxembourg's the favourite, and for me, he needs to stay the trip. They put a, a pacemaker in his race in the Champions Stakes in Ireland, went absolutely flat the boards, but this all stayed on well and beat the rest. <coughs> and the rest were pretty good as well. Horses like Bedini, but unlucky in the race, I didn't get a run down the rail. Juanesto, um, second, ran a good, solid race. Um, and the uh, other horse in the race, which you probably think was well-beaten, was called Mishrif. And mm-hmm. he won the Shima Classic in Dubai last year. That was over a mile and a half. This horse is not a horse that I'm a great fan of. But do you know what? You've got to stay a mile and a half. And a lot of these horses in this race, much shorter than him, haven't ever won over a mile and a half. So I think a safe bet, apart from being drawn wide, but he's ridden by the great Frankie Tory, a safe bet each way if you want to back horse at six to one, get your money back, if he's only second or third, is last year's winner, Torquator Tasso. But the each way bet at a massive price is Misrif. He's not drawn very well either, but he drops in in a race, he's got chick pieces on, they've got another jockey on him, William Buick, brilliant jockey. Um, and I think Misrif is a massive price at 28 to 1 for the Qatar Pre de Lark de Trail on Sunday. Well, do you know what? I've followed Misrif. I've lost a few quid on Misrif, um, but I've won some as well. But I'll, I'll give yeah. you one, one of two to win out of these two, what I think. And I think definitely Misrif is one of them. And the other one that I fancy very strongly is owned by uh, a bloke called Arga Khan. Now, I always thought Argas were cookers, but apparently not. And uh, uh, this Vadini, I think, has got a hell of a chance, personally. Man- so, Mankini? No, Vandini. Oh, Vadini. V-A-D-E-N-I. Vadini. It's a lovely horse that won the Coral Eclipse. It's a great horse. It was unlucky in Ireland the other day behind um, Luxembourg. Do you remember Radio Luxembourg? Did you ever listen to that? Yeah, but it always kept fading all the time, didn't it? That was the trouble with Radio Luxembourg. You see, that's where that's where Radio Caroline and Radio London were much better. And you can hear recordings from both radio stations on Three Valleys Radio if you look at our schedule. So, you know, there you go. You didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't know that. You're very posh, you are. Yeah, I know. But there you go. So, you know, yeah, if, okay. you, if you want to hear the pirate radios, Three Valleys Radio is your, is your station. And if you want to find the winner of the arc, Badini or Mishrif. There you go. Back and both put them in a forecast that'll pay a fortune. Yeah. Right. You're that right. is your lot, listeners. 
lovely to speak and uh, lovely to um to speak i'm actually been speaking to but um lovely to speak to you adrian have have a bit of fun um the weekend and hope we back a few winners well let's hope so anyway yeah absolutely Okay, Colin, thanks for coming on. And um, yeah, let's hope you've got a few winners there because you haven't been performing very well lately. I don't want to put the boot in, you know that, but you know, just occasionally you need sort of keeping on your toes a bit, you know. So, Sounds like you do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mate, thank you for coming on and we'll speak to you next week. Will do. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that was Colin Brown up at Lambourne, and now we're off to Paris to catch up with Simon Holt. Well, good morning, Simon. Um, over there in uh, Paris, Gay Paris, I trust the weather's nice. It is. A, it's a lovely day today. This is a Friday, and the weather is extremely bright and sunny with clear blue skies. Uh, there is plenty of rain forecasted for tomorrow, Saturday, and the ground is already on the soft side. So it's a little bit uncertain as to how deep the ground is going to be for Sunday. Of course, in the last few seasons... We have had a bit of a deluge in Paris yeah. for our weekend and got very soft. It's just a little bit uncertain whether it's going to be quite as deep as it has been uh, this Sunday. We'll see. We'll just have to wait and see. But it's it's going to be a major factor in the in the outcome of the race for sure, though. I think it can have a massive bearing on it because it becomes a real stamina race. And if it does get really deep, you'd have to think that last year's winner, or Quota Tasso, would have a very good chance again. Uh, he was a big price winner last year that absolutely relished the deep ground, stays the trip exceptionally well. And I think he might have won a slightly stronger arc last year, beating Tanawa and Hurricane Lane, who was in very good form at the time, and the Derby winner at Bayar. I'm not sure that this year's arc is quite as strong as that one. So with Frankie Dettori aboard now, Torquato Tasso, if the rains come, will be a big contender. Well, Frankie certainly knows how to win it, doesn't he? Frankie is a bit of a specialist on Arc Day, and at Longchamp, he rode that brilliant race on Golden Horn to win the Arc a few seasons ago when uh, overcoming a, a high, wide draw, racing wide in the early stages, and then cutting across at the end of the back straight. So that was a, a, a genius ride, and one or two of those that are drawn high might need uh, similar inspiration on Sunday because it's a big field, maximum field of 20, and uh, those drawn 16, 17, and up to 20, they've got work to do. Yeah, yeah. So um, looking at the field, I mean, I know what I fancy. I'll give you my tips now, and you can put them to pieces. I'm always back Mushrif, and I'm going to back him again because I keep backing him. Um, hopefully one day he will pay up. Uh, and also the uh, Aga Khan's horse. So those are my top, top two. What, what do you think? I think they're both really... Strong horses. Um, Mishriff obviously has got top class form internationally. He's remarkable. Got a remarkable record overseas. And Vadeni, the horse that's trained by the Aga Khan, who was the winner of the Eclipse and impressive in the British Jockey Club, uh, he's obviously a very smart horse as well and may not have got quite the clearest of runs when third in the Irish Champion Stakes behind Luxembourg and Onesto last time. I think there's a little bit of a stamina question mark over both of them. I think although Mishriff has won a Schema Classic over a mile and a half, his very best form really has been at a mile and a quarter. And Vadeni has shown a lot of speed at a mile and a quarter. And even though he's out of a Monsun mare, 
there is a slight question mark about him as well if it turned out to be really soft. I think the horse that's been slightly overlooked, Adrian, in the betting is another French trained horse, and that is Onesto, who ran a fantastic race against Luxembourg in the Irish Champion Stakes. He had earlier won the Grand Prix de Paris, and that, uh, of course, is over the Longchamp Arc course and distance. He beat a horse called Sim Camille in the Grand Prix de Paris, who has since won at the Trials fixture. And earlier in the season, he was very impressive at Saint-Cloud and then had no chance behind Verdani in the Prix du Jockey Club, along with Al Hakim, who also runs in the arc. Both Al Hakim and Onesto had terrible wide draws that day at Chanty and did very well in the circumstances. So I've had, I've had the arc in mind and I've had Onesto in mind all season, so he's going to be my selection. Okay, fair enough. Well, um, let's hope you're one of us is right anyway. <laughs> um, that uh, any, any sort of uh, dark horses that you think could upset your your uh, your selection? Well, the great interest in the race, I suppose, is the Japanese runners, and it's just so hard to assess them. Really, title holder is a very smart horse in Japan. He hasn't run for a few months, but uh, there's very strong vibes about him. He can off in front and that'll be a big in a soft ground arc and of course Japan has come very close to winning the arc in previous years that has been real heartbreaking defeats really the likes of Orfev and El Condor Passa who was beaten by Monsieur Nakayama Festa and uh, Deep Impact of course who was a real hero in Japan he could only finish third in the arc so uh, they are overdue a win in the big one and given the quality of Japanese horses they're bound to win it at some stage. They've got, they're well uh, represented this time. Title holder seems to be the best uh, of them, but it just remains so hard to tell how good he is compared to the best horses in uh, Britain, Ireland, and France, and Germany, of course. Yeah, quite a tell. Yeah. <laughs> okay then, Simon. And, and and what are you doing over at Ark? Are you doing race calling for somebody? Yes, on. Sunday, my job is to do a, an English commentary for France Gallo, which is the um, uh, regulatory body here in France, similar to the BHA, and um, they um, have an English speaking service, which is produced by whichever company bids for the rights <laughs> and gets the rights and bids the most. And so um, I'm uh, doing the whole card on Sunday, all nine races commentating on every race in English for uh, the overseas audience. Well, thank you, Simon. Thank you for joining us over there in Paris, and um, we will speak to you again shortly. Well, that was the Sporting Life Simon Holt over in Gay Paris for the Arc de Triomphe. And it brings to an end our show this week. I hope we've picked the winner for you, and uh, we all enjoy the coverage tomorrow, on, uh, not tomorrow, Sunday, on ITV Sport. So, until next week... Please join us again at the usual time of 7 o'clock here on Three Valleys Radio. Bye for now.